as someone that grew up in church, um, you kind of, well, I found myself devaluing prayer constantly, you know? Um, maybe because I was disappointed because what I prayed for didn't happen, um, or maybe because it became so routine. So I pray before the food, the LGS thing, the food, amen, you know, who, whatever, who cares, you know? Uh, so if you're like me, and you, and you need to reprioritize your attention on God, um, precious things. Abraham argued with God and changed the mind of God because God wants to speak with us and he wants to hear our heart and he wants to partner with us. Now, if you're like me and you read the Bible and you go, this is impossible. <laughs> this, if I'm looking at this out of my eyes, I'm like, well, this is just plain ridiculous. Like this, <laughs> am I the only one that looks and goes, not only this is, is this impossible, but it makes no sense. You know? <laughs> So, this is me, okay. Man, <laughs> and I've got a degree in this stuff. Still don't know. And so, but when I, when I say Holy Spirit move and I ask God to be in the reading, I begin to go, it's not about me over here and God over here. It's about us together. And the whole point of God is to be us. The whole point of God is to, so we talk about living by sin or living by the Spirit. We talk about keeping in step. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit. We talk about what it means to love one another. This is my command, Jesus said. Love one another as I have loved you. Just that little as. Are you sure I can love some people, but as you loved me, I can't do it. So let's be the first people to give up on that and just go, well, Holy Spirit, you have to do it in me and through me. Because it's not about me trying to we don't get saved and then try to reach salvation in God as his body, by his spirit. We can do impossible things and pray impossible prayers. We are not under sin. We just push up against it sometimes. We're not under death. We just push up against it sometimes. We're under grace. Hey, I could keep going. Um, I can just do this. I was going to ask someone else to do it, but I'm here now, so why don't you just watch me do it? One step, two step, three step, four. I wanted to walk, but there were no more. That was good. It's a bit of a joke. There's a bit of a bit of a rhyme. Um, I'm a poet, and I didn't even realize this. Great. Okay, so sorry, I misplaced my lectern. I'm just going to take it over here a bit. See you later. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? That's great. I love a little bit of giggles in church. Uh, there's a sacredness about God, and we want to not ever take away from that. But that does not mean that Christians are supposed to be serious all the time. I don't think I would have been born. Um, <laughs> I know we're very different. We're all different. We're all cheeky in different ways. But I feel like... You look around at your neighbor and you have a little giggle because God made them. And that's just funny. So, <laughs> But there's a lightness and an ease about being in the Spirit of God. And I truly believe it. I wasn't just trying to say something. When you're in Christ, there's grace, there's peace. We hear these words, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Strength. Have you seen joy look like this? I don't mean joy. We have a joy that plays the bass. Um, I mean Joyousness comes out. It's expressed. 
That's what I say. If I've got, if I've got arms to use, they're going to praise God. If I've got a mouth, I'm going to praise God with it. If I can get louder, and man, can I, I'm going to praise God. It's good. It's good to do. Hey, Susie, why don't you come on, here, uh, on up here? Susie's going to share uh, a bit of a story, a bit of her story, actually. Um, we love in, at Unite to share stories of what God's doing because we, overco- we overcome, Revelation says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What does that mean? By what God has done on the cross, Jesus, and by when we share what God has done in our lives. And something supernatural happens. So as she shares, it's almost like... It, it encourages us, but it fills us up. Um, and it's almost like God just does it again in our heart. And it has to happen first in your heart before it happens in the natural. Because God cares more about your heart than he does about your body. Okay? Because you were going to die soon at some point. I said soon. I didn't mean that. We're all going to die at some point and we're going to go be with Jesus, eh? Um, when you come up here, don't be afraid of me. Um, do you want to take the mic? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Hey guys, how are you doing? Um, for those who don't know, for the past few years, um, I've been battling with like quite a few health conditions. Stop it. Sorry, my phone. <laughs> anyway, so ever since battling with them, I say battling because they're not mine, um, it seemed like I lost my confidence, like I'd lost the, my connection ability to make friends. Um, and like I could have shallow relationships. However, I really like struggled to go deeper, really struggled to connect with people because I honestly believe they wouldn't like me. And for three reasons. Um, one, I was bullied most of my school t- life. Um, two, because of my weight, for which I was bullied for, and three, because of the health conditions I'm battling, I didn't think I was worth all the extra effort people would have to make because of it. Um, so basically, I first started gaining weight after, like, the crushing blow of leaving my church I was born in, two, I didn't know why, and... I, it was the one I'd been in since I was a baby, so we left at eight. Um, I just found the emotion of it was too much for me. And so to dull my emotions, I ate lots of food. Food is good, but too much is bad. And putting your emotional needs into it's not good. Um, so that's how I dealt with my emotions from then on, from being bullied to dealing with health issues and not having any friends. Um, My parents have had a promise on their lives at Psalm 128, basically saying you see your children's children and that's what we're we're believing. And um, to be honest, I would get to the point, even though I did believe for mum's healing, I would doubt that. Um, just on my part, um, just because I didn't believe how on earth am I going to get a husband and get children, I can't even make friends, you know, like what the heck, Um, 
So I began trying all these different diets, thinking, oh, when I get slim, I'll get a boyfriend, and like that will fulfill that promise. But every time something bad would happen, like I'd get bullied again, or um, my health, the health conditions I'm battling would weigh me down, I'd just slip back into old habits of relying on food, and it just became a vicious cycle. Until recently, I felt God say to me, your emotions belong to me, not food. You have not lost your ability to make friends or your worth or your purpose. You have just forgotten about them. He reminded me that my worth wasn't defined by my looks, health needs, or others' opinions about me. My worth is defined by him. So I'm no longer believing the lies I was told I believe what he says when I, that I was gifted with connecting to people. I'm a communicator, I'm worth liking, and I'm working with God every day on giving him my emotions and insecurities. How amazing is that, eh? Amazing. Uh, we, we said one of the core elements uh, as a faith family that's important to us is stories. We want those to be front center, what God is doing. We don't just want a nice exposition of the word. We want to see, see it. We want to hear about it. We want to know about it. We want to see God move. And uh, thanks, Susie. Susie um, interned with us last year, and she's actually doing ALC this year. She's a firecracker. She's the kind of person that um, will, like, bug you to do things and you actually really I love that I love someone who has such high initiative and we'll go, have you th- have you <laughs> a lot of it is Elijah have you remembered about this Elijah have you remembered about that and the answer is normally no thanks um, <laughs> I needed that so I just it's incredible Susie to, to be your brother and to see God um, do a move in your life and continue right because we have to wake up this is a good segue because I've been talking about the prodigal son so if you haven't been here I am Elijah I realized I didn't do that so if you're new or someone brought you and you're like, what's going on here? This is church. And we want to make this, um, uh, we want to make it uh, f- like free and easy for you. So if you're here and you're like, oh, this is a bit different or what do you, you know, just be yourself, hang up. But we also don't want to um, step away from the mystery of the gospel and the kind of weirdness that is God in a world that lives by fact, that we are called to live by faith. We don't want to What's that word? Water down what we believe God's called us to just because we don't understand it, just because it's hard to communicate. So the Holy Spirit's here. I actually believe God loves you so much. I truly believe that with all my heart. I'll never, never get tired of saying that about myself and about others, that he has higher worth in you than you have in yourself, as Susie is finding out, and that the, the gospel message isn't, no, you suck, and you're awful, and you should grovel at the feet of God. There is an element of knowing that we have nothing without him. So the first step is, oh my gosh, I'm worse than I thought. But the gospel message is, doesn't end at the cross. It doesn't end at death. It ends in resurrection. And it continues on to resurrection in us. So the news of the gospel is, God came and got murdered for our wickedness and our weight of wickedness and selfishness and pride. The best word is probably selfishness. was on him. And then he rose again, defeated death, and created a pathway for us home, back home to our Father. 
the thing that every human heart wants, to be known and needed. Every single human, regardless of religion or ethnicity, desires deep connection, desires deep relationship. And the one that never fails is the one we get in Christ. To feel truly known and truly needed. And so I'm believing that for you this morning, but I'm also believing if you're here with some faith, God has something to share into your heart. Not not everything will be for you, but I'm believing the Holy Spirit is here right now. And just ask him, hey, speak to me. Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to know today, what you want to kind of drop into my heart. Because he has something for you. And it's not something that you go, oh, that was nice. It's something that changes you from the inside out. So you ready for that? Very, very cool. So the journey that like Susie ha- has to go on and all of us have to go on is once God has given us a word or a moment or a realization, whatever it is, we begin to see God for who he is. We begin to see that we can, be, we can walk with him. The rest of our lives, is this thing happens where we have to deny what we've always known and cling on to what is brand new. Good thing about God is he is before, but I think that's the scary thing about truth is we're so used to lies that truth feels foreign. Truth feels foreign. So we're so used, we've grown up in this lie of who we are. I've done youth work for 12 years and you just see it because youth don't have so many walls. Adults have more walls. They're used to pretending. The pretense. The older we get, the, the, the more used to pretending we are. You talk about the stats of, of, of suicide in New Zealand. We talk about the stats of men's mental health. And we, and we see these walls. The crippling nature of, of trying to be a wife that has it all together. Trying to be a husband that, that provides for his family. Or feeling like you fall short because you're neither of those things. And so somehow you're less than because you're not in a relationship like that. And constantly we talk more and more and more about anxiety because, because it seems to be everywhere. And the church is called to be different. We're not called to go, yeah, we're called to go, yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm no better than anyone else that calls himself anything else. But I have a God who's different. And that's the difference. I'm actually no better, probably a bit worse, maybe more worse. But God is in my heart, in my life, and he is doing a work, and he's doing something I could never have done for myself. And when we get together as the body of Christ, we see a work done. I think many times the grace you're seeking for your life is in another Christian. Because God has not called us to be isolated. And coming to church doesn't make you not isolated. Turning up to a service, sorry, because we are not coming to church. We are the church. We've just got together today. Sitting next to someone that's a Christian doesn't mean you're best friends. doesn't mean you're devoted. That happens out of intention. We're talking about a whole new journey we're going on as a church, and we're talking about being more devoted than someone said to me. Actually, many people have said it to me, including my own thoughts of, oh, what if I don't like the person that God calls me to be devoted to? It's not your decision. (laughs) Like, the answer is, are you that likable to God all the time? I don't think you get to choose who you're church with. I'm, so, I'm sorry you have to die to that part of you that just wants people like you around. And you have to go, you know what, God, who you're called me to, I will lean in. But that's not the message. So the son, right, the prodigal son, he went off with his father's inheritance. He uh, had this moment in the pig's sty where he was feeding pigs, and he thought, I'm so hungry. I've wasted all the money my father gave me. What if I just go back as a servant? 
Dave was talking a bit about this, you know. We're not, we're not just servants of God, although we are. We're more than that. We're sons and daughters. We actually have an inheritance. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We, don't, we may look similar to servants, but we actually have an inheritance. When we turn, when we come of age as Christians, all that is God's is ours. And um, Romans talks about it at just the right time. Um, and Jesus was that. So because of Jesus, we now come of age and we receive everything that is God's. But that is another message. Read your Bible, you'll find it in there. And so the prodigal son, he comes to his senses, goes home with a, with a pre-written plan to tell his father, well, I'll just serve you. And the father just runs, sees him from a distance and runs out to meet him. Interesting how the father doesn't go out looking for him. Sometimes we're calling to people the Holy Spirit is not. So we should stop that. Just saying. See, potentially, if we're calling out, God save you, God save you, to people God isn't calling out to at that point in time will do more damage. But that's not the message. I just there's a thought for someone in here. Okay, brilliant. The father waited. But when he saw his son come from a distance, he ran out to meet him. He got undignified. God is noble, but he's also has no problem being undignified. God is absolutely the highest of royalty, but he's not pretentiously serious. So we shouldn't be either. God isn't polite. He's honorable. Polite is a surface level. It's not real. It doesn't go down to the heart. Honor is a heart condition. I don't honor you because you're worthy of honor. I honor you because I am an honor giver. That's what God says. And that's what he calls us to do. You don't honor your boss because he's a good boss or she's a good boss. You honor your boss because God is in you. And you will honor. So he had to figure out how to live. Like Susie's saying, every day you have to wake up and decide truth or lie, truth or lie. Remember, as Christians, the, 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 the question isn't sin or not sin. The question is lie or truth. Jesus dealt with the sin or not sin question. In Christ, we are not sinners, but we, so we don't have habits of sin, but we do sin. It's an unnatural thing in us because we're now in Christ, but we're learning not to. But we also have his absolutely justification, right? You with me now? But we do have lies and truth in our brain constantly battling out. So we have to choose the truth over the lie. We have to choose to take God at his word. So if we don't know the Word of God, and I mean the Bible, then how can we know what He's trying to say to us? Sometimes we go through life, um, you know, there's a, a group of uh, leaders at the church, we read in the Bible every day and we're commenting on it, um, and, and, and we're just sharing and, and, and our own, uh, uh, you know, just being devoted, I guess, and it's like the more I read the Bible, the more I love the Bible. Not because of the Bible's that great, but because the Holy Spirit's, God's really great, and He brings things to life in me as I read. So... If you're struggling to read the Bible, just start reading the Bible. <laughs> because the more you read it, the more it's going to come alive to you. And I kind of feel like there's this thing about Christians that, like, if ever I stop and find myself saying, I don't have time for this, I've got to look at my life and pull out the idols in it. <laughs> when I don't have time for God, when, when I'm not even my own, Anymore, how, how does that even make sense? I've become too much of the world and I need God to clean me. And I need to reprioritize my direction. I'm talking to followers. If you're not a follower of Christ, you can be. We'll talk about that later. But I'm talking to followers. So here you go. You have a purpose. <laughs> this has a purpose and I finally found out what it is. 
Therefore, Ephesians 6.13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. There's a lot of great stuff here. I really only want to get to one thing. So I'm just, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted, this is the one, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And that's all great too, but I want to move on. Um, oh, did I miss that one? Yeah, there you go. And this is the amplified vision. Switching some versions around. And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. So if, if you haven't been around, the father gave the son three things in the prodigal son story. A... Wait, wait, we do something. We do. The first thing he gave him is a robe. Sorry, you're right, though. The second thing is a... And the third thing are a pair of sandals. Robe, ring, sandals. Robe of righteousness. So when I come to God, he gives me a robe. That means I'm clean. I'm justified by his actions. That's great news. Two, a ring, a ring of authority, which means I am part of the business. I am I'm a child of God, and I move as such. My life exhibits an authority that knows that when I walk into darkness, sometimes as Christians we talk far too much, and I want to do a segment on spiritual warfare this uh, year. Uh, we talk far too much like we're under things. Yeah. I'm not under anything but Christ. Yeah. Biblically, I can't be under anything but Christ as a Christian. If I find myself under things, I, I've got to repent because I've lost sight of what's the most important thing. So when things come against me, they're not over top of me. They're against me. Do you know what? I'm going to have battle scars in my life, and I have them, because I started running into darkness screaming. <laughs> As in, I'm not sitting here at base camp with darkness pushing against me. I'm going out into darkness with the light of Christ. Because as a son of God, I walk with the light of Christ. And I look right, and I say, God, where do you want me to go? And he's like, well, there's a dark spot over there. It's pretty dark. Do you want to go there? I'm like, well, if you're going to go, then yes. <laughs> if you're going to go before me, then yes. I'm not going by myself, God. And he's like, well, that's great, because we can't be separated because you're a Christian now. Oh, that's good to know. Okay, I'm in Christ. So I'm going to push forward. As I push forward, I might get some wounds, but I'm actually pushing forward. I'm waging war on the enemy. Let's stop talking like the, the enemy gets to wage war on us. We wage war on the enemy. Yes, there is a battle, but we wage war on the enemy. There's a million, I want to talk about a million things about that because I feel really passionately about it, but we'll talk about it later. But there is a difference. Complainers are not under Christ. Okay? Let's move on. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. By faith, we have peace with God. We made ourselves enemies with God. By faith, we can now have peace with God. The, the following of Romans 5 talks about how we were an enemy to Christ. And he came while we were against him and died while we were against him so that we could be united to God through him. A lot of good stuff in here, amen? So my purpose is specific to me. I want to talk about the sandals. We're talking about the sandals today and what that means for the prodigal son and what that means for us when we come home, when we have, like Susie, get a truth and have to live in it. Well, not have to, choose to live in it. Do you know that Christians learn things? 
Christians look different year after year. Have you noticed that? Someone in Christ is different six months later. I'm not going to put a framework on what that difference looks like. There is, the, the fruit of the Spirit is a good framework, but um, there's a difference. There's maybe a little bit more wounds because we were just waging war. Um, but there's more light. There's more fire in our eyes. There's more peace in our life. There's a greater trust in God. Thank God for the things in my life that nearly took me out because I learned to trust God. And I, I said I trusted him, but then I realized that there were still things in my life that didn't. So thank God for the absolute horror stories of my life that I can say through them and at the end, God is faithful. And I trust you more than I did. Not only are we someone in Christ, we've got somewhere to be. And it's about God's plan, and God's plan is always about his people. I want to talk a little bit about purpose, because I think there's, there's, we have a specific purpose to ourselves, and there's a lot to say on this, and there's too much to say than I can say right now, but I'd love to. You've got 10 hours. But uh, what I want to say, and what I feel uh, God wants to say this morning is this. We get confused about purpose a lot. And as Christians, we always constantly, there's a lot of dialogue that says, I don't know where I fit. I don't know where I fit in the church. I don't know where I fit in the body. I don't know where I fit in life. I don't know how my gifts are going to come out. I don't really know what I'm gifted in. I'm unsure. I'm going to give you some parameters to your gifting. I'm going to give you some parameters that, that the Bible has given me. I didn't come up with them. Um, I'm going to give you some context to your calling, some parameters to your purpose. That was a nice way of saying it, wasn't it? That's nice. So sometimes our calling, we think, we talk a lot about what, 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 but it's about who I'm called to and who is calling me. The context of calling is always relationship. It's not activity. It doesn't mean we're not active, but the purpose for which we are active is relationship every time. When we lose that, I think we lose the plot. I think when we lose that relationship is our context, we begin to think that my purpose is about me doing a certain thing. And when we water the purpose of God down to just doing a certain thing, we end up working in our own strength. There are things to be done, but the, the context of those things is relationship. And I know this is a bit tricky. I'm, I'm just, bear with me. Check this out. So we, we look in John 15, right? Remain in me, Jesus said. It's not on the thing, but it's in my mouth right now. Remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, if you remain in me, you'll bear fruit, if you don't remain in me, you get cut off and thrown into the fire, this is how you remain in me, by obeying my commands, these are my commands, that you love one another. So here's the framework Jesus has given us to purpose. The purpose of my life, and your life, is worship. I exist to be with God. to be in relationship to me, to him, <laughs> and he in relationship to me, and us in relationship together as his sons and daughters. The highest form of worship is obedience. He asked me to do something and I do it. The specificity of obedience is unity. Love one another. 
1 John 4.12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, check this out, because if you, if you have eyes to hear, ears to... Darn it. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. I don't like know whether, like, like when I read that, my jaw drops, unless I water it down to something it's not. If I read it for what it is, I go, what? God's love is made complete when I love my fellow believers? First, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Actually, the first thing I think is, that's impossible. (laughs) Have you ever been in 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 a place of believers where you're like, they're so united? Completely one in mind. Obviously, we're all different and unique. In the Western world, we push the uniqueness real far, and we sometimes lose to the togetherness. And so we, you and I have traditions that we uphold and we call convictions, but they're not necessarily obedience to God. And so it's really good for us to kind of dig into that and go, what is obedience to you, God? Because maybe I'm just obeying what I was told at school. Just going to put it out there. So here's the, here's the framework for your purpose. Worship, obedience, unity, love one another. So your purpose will always be attached to loving other believers. Always without gap or space. Jesus didn't say, here are my commands. Jesus didn't say, here's a thing you could try. He just said, this is what I'm asking you to do. Love one another. And then John goes on, in 1 John, to say, God says his love is made complete in you. So God is complete. He doesn't need you to be complete. But for love to be complete in us, we need each other not just God. And could I suggest some of the things that are flooding your life right now, that are weighing on you, may be a result of lack of obeying that command. Jesus didn't say, remain in me and I in you, and then leave it there. He said, and if you don't bear fruit, I will cut off that branch. So the parameters of life's purpose is to love one another as worship to God. That's actually pretty clear in the Word. Like, it's just right there. I'm going to say it again because I I just want to make it really clear. If you're struggling with your purpose in life, this isn't going to give you everything, but it will give you a framework. Check it out. Your life's purpose, the parameters of your purpose, the context of your purpose, the borders of which your, your purpose live in is to love one another as worship to God. The uniqueness of your purpose is how you do that, when you do that, and to whom you do that. That is our framework to purpose. If you want to know you're living a life of purpose, that's what you should check. Go read John 15 and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you find in your life that there are a lot of walls up between you and fellow believers, you must potentially conclude that you are not in obedience to God. If you find yourself not in obedience to God, and I have found myself many times not in obedience to God, uh, because I, uh, I have been found to be quite offended quite easy. And, and, and when I find myself, because that is now disobedience to God, particularly if that, if that other person is a church, a follower, a follower of Jesus, and most likely they are, then I need to repent of myself. I need to draw near to God. Actually, Peter says this. If we have no idea what specific purpose God is calling us to right now, our first response must be communication with God. I pray, 
I read the word and I allow my heart and mind to open in front of God. There's something about reading the word and just hoping you get something nice. There's another thing about reading the word with the sole purpose of saying, whatever you say to me, God, I'm willing to do. It's called reading it with an open heart and mind. There's something about, I remember being 15 years old and I remember really wanting a wife and I remember crying myself to sleep and I just remember it so clearly because it was a moment where God was testing my heart and he was saying to me, would you be, would you still serve me? Would you still love me if you never had a wife? And I got to a point in my heart and I truly believed this that I said, yes. It was like a week. It was really intense. Like, I'm a dramatic person. I get it. But it was an intense moment for me. And it was a moment where I look back and go, God tested my heart. He will test our hearts just to bring out the best. The purpose is to bring out the best, but he will do it. So just because you find yourself in a place of disobedience, it's not the end. Lean into God. Open your heart before him and let him move things around. 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. I have too much to say and not enough time to say it. We're going to move to here. Purpose flows from peace. I'm ready when I'm rested. Goodbye, point two. I bet you it was the best one yet. <laughs> Check this out. And your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I can only be ready to love when I am rested in Christ. I can only be ready to love when I am rested in Christ. I am only ready to love when I am rested in Christ. If you've noticed, I've said it about four times because it's a really great point. I'm only ready to love when I'm rested in Christ. That's what the verse tells us. With our feet fitted. With the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So I read it before, Romans 5.1. We have been made right in the NLT, I like this version, says this. Therefore, since we have made, been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us. So because of Christ and because we choose to believe what he said about us, we have peace with God. So in Christ, I'm at peace with God and myself, and I am in a constant state of readiness for what he wants me to do. Because of Christ, I have a direct line to the love of God so that I always have what I need to love the people God has placed in my life. When you find yourself lacking, Peter continues, um, his little verse that I set out, Peter continues here. Where is it, where is it, where is it? I'll check it out. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So when we find ourselves stuck, because if you're like me sometimes, what I, I read that and then the stuff in me goes, oh, the stuff in me condemns me. And the Bible talks about this. So the things in my life make me feel like, oh, I'm not going to. But thanks be to God, I can choose his way over mine in that moment. Why do we take weeks to do that? Would we be the kind of fellow believers that like, help each other? Oh, for goodness sake, it's been a month. That's a lie. Stop believing it. <laughs> like, and there are nicer ways to say that. Like, <laughs> we can't be nicer than what I just did then. It could be like, hey, have you, like, the Bible says this. Like, let's, let's, I'm praying that for you and with you. And let's, you know, I'm just going to remind you every day of a text. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Find a, find a way that works in relationship. If you find yourself going, oh, there's no one in this church that I've got that relationship with, there's your problem. Because you're not part of the church then. So you don't love 
you fellow believer, and then you have to go back to disobedience and find maybe I don't remain in Christ and I don't want to be a branch that's thrown away and thrown into the fire. Um, that's not what I'm called to be. So I need to go back to Christ. So when I'm not at peace, well, there's a really easy answer. I think we all know the answer to this. I just go to Christ. I worship him. I let his love fill me up. This is why actually we do weekly things. Because we need a rhythm in us. Because if you're like me, sometimes you waste a week. Ugh, yikes. But we do. And so we come back and we can just choose to go, give it all back. You know, thank you for that worship song. Thank you, band, for that. I could just give it back. Gave me another moment. Gave me an opportunity. Thank you for that word. I can put myself in redirection again, realign myself. But we have to do something with it. If you, if you end and go, well, that was nice. The word is called to change us. We are called to be changed by it. The question I always ask someone that's gone through a hard time is, what did you learn? Come talk to me about last year. I'll tell you a million things I learned. <laughs> it's the mark of transformation. It's the mark of salvation. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned again. Here's what I learned again, again. <laughs> again, 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 again. Oh, that's all great stuff. We'll finish now. Mm, all right. That was good. Okay. So if you find yourself stuck in purpose, read, read um, John 15 and let's talk about it. And let's help each other get back to purpose. Our very purpose is made quite clear by Jesus. That I, would, that I would love other believers as, a, as an act of worship to God. That is my very purpose in life, and that is your very purpose in life. So when I find my actions not aligning to that, I've got to say, God, what, what's happening here? So what we want to know is, but am I called to be a doctor? But am I called to be a builder? But am I called to be a pastor? But am I called to be a mother? Does it matter as much as we think it matters? I think we're called to love one another as an act of worship to God. And then the specificness of I'm called to love Dave Burr because we're, we're close together. And, then, and that's what we'll be looking to do in the future of our church is having a church of churches where we have our reference point for who we're called to love. Because I really can't love 100 people, but I can love 10. And we're going to do that together. So hold on to your helmets because God's going to call us to have a high commitment of love. If you're not a part of this church, you can choose to that or you can skirt around the edges, um, but you'll miss out. Um, if you are, um, we've got to say to ourselves, man, what does loving each other look like? How do we lean in close? It's a bit painful, but it's actually incredibly amazing at the end of it. So and we're going to finish now. If you don't know God and you're, you're far from him and you're going, man, all this stuff is <sighs> intense to say the least, you know, um, but maybe something in your heart is drawing to that. I want to give you an opportunity um, a couple of weeks ago, I did this. We do this every week, and I, who wants to respond to God? And 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 you know, we ask for hands up, and it, it's nice and in the natural to go. Oh, I saw some people that responded, and we can pray for them. Um, and and no one did, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, the the human part of me is quite disappointed, but you know, God's doing the thing. And then we got two connect cards on Tuesday with two people that responded to Jesus, and I thought, this is incredible. This is beautiful. And so God's done a miracle and a work in their life. So I want to give you an opportunity just to respond in faith to what God's doing. If you are far from God, disconnected, or in a disobedience to God, this is your moment to reconnect. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation, just a free opportunity to be welcomed into the arms of love himself, Jesus Christ. So if you want that, well, I'm going to ask you very soon, with our eyes closed, to raise your hand. Um, 
that's just a, a many times just for ourselves, like I need it for me. But we also have some care team down the back that would just love to give you a Connect card and, and a Bible if you want it. You could say, no thanks, they'll, they'll respect that. But we want to help you take steps in as the body of Christ. Amen. So why don't we close our eyes. If that's you and you uh, feel far from God, whatever it is, you'll know what it is. You feel like you're not at peace with God. You feel disconnected. Maybe you just lost sight of Christ, but your heart wants it. Maybe you're just confused with your relationship with God. If that's you and you want to be connected, as we pray, we're believing the Spirit of God does a miracle. He, we have to. As Christians, we have to lean on the miraculous power of God. It's not just a nice service. It's a miracle inside of your soul by the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, would you raise your hand and say, yep, Elijah, pray with me, and we're going to pray a prayer soon. So if that's you, it's going to give you some time. Say, yeah, that's me. I'm raising my hand. I'd love to be prayed for. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer together. And if, uh, if this is something you want in your heart, I encourage you to fill out that connect card. I encourage you to pray this prayer with your full heart and let God do a miracle in you. Let's, let's pray together. Why don't you um, read along with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for creating me and for loving me even when I've gone my own way. I realize I need you in my life, and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you, forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life and make me a new person. I accept your free gift of salvation. Please help me to grow as a Christian. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. It's your turn. Take Dean.